0: I'm finding that sellers are looking at the peak price and when they're not getting the peak price, they feel like they miss out. Like I would even feel this way like, oh, I'm stupid. I should have sold then. I should have sold then. When in reality, I think you should be looking at what you bought it for, what it's worth now. And typically what you're going to find is you're up probably 10, 15% annualized over, you know, four or five years. And of course, if you're selling and going to buy, you're going to get the discount on the buy as well.
1: There's that intro once again, oh, Scotty. True. After last week's episode with uh, Christian Janice, uh, I mean, we've got pretty good feedback on that one, and it's I think the I think the people are enjoying having these guests on, and just dropping some knowledge. I don't think people know what happens behind the scenes on a real estate transaction. We're going to continue that theme today with the boys from Premium Insurance. Right, we've got Before Nabil it, and yeah. Omar here. They're going to drop some insurance knowledge on us. Again, when we do these real estate transactions, everybody plays a role. The lawyer plays uh, his or her role. And you have to have insurance as well, right?
0: No doubt. Yeah, we all have a general knowledge of how this stuff works. But to hear it directly from the experts that do it every day, day in, day out, 24-7, you just take your knowledge to a whole other level. So it's great to talk to these people, lawyers, insurance people, mortgage specialists, all that stuff and get that deep level of knowledge.
1: Absolutely, 100%. Speaking of deep levels of knowledge... Looks like it's our turn to drop some knowledge let's out here, it. so let's let's, uh, to it. let's do a nice little market update here. What do you see going on out there, Scotty? What's happening?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's definitely, I think some people are saying it's a balanced market, but it feels like a buyer's market. I don't know if, uh, if we're on the same page there. Um, we're seeing the days on market rise, and we are seeing the impacts of higher interest rates. Every time they announce uh, the the interest rate hikes, we're seeing a, a slowdown in the market, so... Um, any, any thoughts on that? I know we have another interest rate hike coming up September 7th. Yep. How do you see that impacting the market? How do you see that playing out?
1: Well, I mean, we're tracking everything right now. And, uh, you know, we're trending, we're losing about 10 grand a week on average sell price. We'll see if that trend continues uh, as we approach the end of August and we get our August numbers in. Um, but yeah, I mean, another interest rate hike is going to further slow the market, Mm -hmm. uh, more opportunity for buyers, but the buyers just aren't out there right now. I mean, it's, it's, this is the, this is the frustrating part. We've never been more busy, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, the average days on market are obviously a little bit longer now.
0: And it's interesting. It's not like there are zero buyers. Obviously, um, we do have some listings that are quite active 2030 showing sometimes it's just that they have a lot of options, not just, in our market in Windsor, Ontario, but also all across Ontario, whether it's the GTA, London, yep. Kitchener, Waterloo, prices are down across the board. So you have opportunity everywhere. We don't, uh, we're not the last stop anymore. Right, um, where we we had those Toronto buyers that had nowhere else to go that they could afford drive to qualify, mm-hmm. and next thing you know, they end end up in Windsor. They're working from home, and all that stuff. So it's not like those people are gone. We still are the most affordable market in the uh, in Ontario, one of the most affordable in Canada, but, uh, it's definitely not the torrid pace that we were at
1: no, before. There's, there's opportunity in their own market yeah. now, right? Big so time. Big so time. Why, yeah, a, why would you uproot everybody, yeah. friends, family when your own market presents opportunity? So we lost, we, we, we lost that buyer pretty much. I mean, yeah, they're still out there here and there, yeah. but people are moving now for, um, specific reasons. Yeah. We're almost getting back to the, uh, the, the locals trading real estate back and forth, which is an exciting and fun market to work in as well. I mean, uh, I think pricing wise, you know, we're, we're, we're still priced here and the, all the buyers can afford is here, right? So
0: yeah, I think people, people are not understanding how uh, much of an impact these rising rates have on affordability. Um, when you go and get qualified now, uh, they're qualifying you at six and a quarter percent. And it's going to probably go up uh, September 7th if they raise rates another half point. You might be qualified at 65 or 6.75%. You're just not going to be able to get a million-dollar mortgage anymore or a $900,000 mortgage. It's going to be $650,000, So those million-dollar homes are going to have to decrease in price unless it's a special home that has yeah. Uh, yeah. a lot of qualities that the people that don't really care about interest rates uh, can afford. Um, the prices are going to have to come down. And like you just said, right? The, um the sellers' expectations are not coming down to buyer affordability.
1: Affordability. So yes. This is not an issue of what the buyers want to pay, or they're trying to get deals out there. Although they are, they, they do want some sort of a deal, um, but it's it's based on their affordability, yeah. and, and, and the two just aren't meshing right yeah. now. But we're we're working towards it as the weeks go on. I the yes. sellers understand this. The sellers realize this, and we're working towards. What Some I think is going to be balance. a very balanced market in ba- the upcoming ba- months.
0: Buyers buy a house, yes, but they're, what they're really buying is a monthly payment. Yep. And monthly payments, when the interest rates have, they're up 10x, right? Um, Bank of Canada rate was 0.25, now it's 2.5%. That's 10 times in, in six months or so. So your monthly payments, a lot of people are, are doubled, right? Yep. So if you're buying a, a million-dollar home and your payment was whatever, I'm just making up numbers with 2,500, now it's 4,500, if you're going to buy that same home, People, the average person's not going to be able to, even if they could afford it, it's too tight for them, right? Uh, we don't want to spend a million now. We want to spend eight fifty, Yeah. right? That's where our monthly payments feel comfortable. So the, the buyers that are out there are looking at their numbers, they're running their estimates at those higher rates and they don't want to pay $4,000 a month. The prices are going to have to come down until we meet, uh, until we reach affordability. Yeah, That's going back what to what
1: you said, um, you know, they're they're buying a monthly payment essentially. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think we're again, I think we're well on our way to um, the the sellers that realize that um, uh, are the ones that sell. Yes. Right. And special real estate, there's still good real estate out, out there that will demand top dollar in every market. Good real estate's good real estate, agreed. And that will always sell for for a premium.
0: Yeah. So what we're seeing right now is the average property. Where there's 20 or 30 of them available in the market, those are the ones struggling to sell. Um, Let's say your average raised ranch in an average location, your average four level split, five level split. There's just so many of them on the market that unless you're a special or whether it's special in terms of your location or your size um, or level of finishes or price, right? You've got to be lower than the other properties, but nobody wants to be the first one to lower the price. Now, Dan on and our team
1: just uh, just called in with a question. I mean, he, he just emailed me, but you know, <laughs> are hey, there Tom? any types of properties that are holding their value more than others? Great question. Um, townhomes. It, I'm seeing townhomes yes. really, really hold hold their price. I Why think, is that? I think they well, I think there's a couple reasons. I think they're the the end user for those homes necessarily doesn't need a mortgage. They're at a different stage of their life um, where this is their this is their final downsize. A lot of them are mortgage-free, so they are having to sell to purchase this, of course, but they're, they're the interest rates don't don't really affect them.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, right? the easy, low-living, low-maintenance living, uh, low maintenance living uh, you've typically got condo uh, fees there that cover your grass, snow, lawn care, all that stuff. Uh, yeah. When you're 70, 80, 90 years old or whatever, you don't want to do that stuff. Yeah. I don't even want to do it
1: yeah when you're 41
0: I mean <laughs> yeah, right so you know. so that uh, they're definitely holding their value um what what else uh, like we said the premium real estate those yeah. pre- ultra premium locations, location 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 St. Clair yeah. beaches yeah. Yeah. the um
1: the LaSalle's backing on to you know waterfront well actually yeah. waterfront's a little bit diluted right now there's a lot of stuff uh, if you take a little whip down Riverside Drive there mm-hmm. um and uh you know you see a lot of for sale signs so again uh townhomes in my opinion are the ones that are holding yeah, the, they're the ones that are standing out the best. Yeah. Um but again, even those uh they, they come with a little bit of extra baggage these offers. A lot of times they have conditions of house to sell. Scotty, everything I'm getting right now is uh is for the most part is is has some sort of conditions, if yeah. not the higher stuff uh, that people aren't first time home buying, they're coming with that house to sell condition, yeah. which as a realtor, to be honest, is kind of a dream come true. Cause we were starting to take the guessing game out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Where the Delta is being set on one side and, and listen, it's either going to be set on the purchase or the It's typically set on the purchase. Okay. This is what I'm buying this for. I will go through with this purchase as long as I get X for my place.
0: Yeah. So on the buy side, it's great if you're a seller and, uh, you got the house to sell condition in an accepted offer. Obviously, you're sitting on pins and needles until uh, the sellers are frustrated
1: a little yeah. bit right now. Yeah. But you know what? It comes down to the average days on market. Scotty, what do you think that average days on market is pumping out so, right now? So
0: we're hovering around 23 or 24 days on average. That's up from 10 at our peak, right? You list something, and within seven, eight, nine, ten 10 days, it's sold. Yep. Um, obviously we are up to 23, 24. That's on the rise. As hey, well. If
1: I listed something that took 10 days, I'd, I'd be absolutely embarrassed yeah. in February, March. <laughs> I wouldn't even be able to look at my kids in the eyes.
0: Yeah. It means you, you significantly <laughs> overpriced at that point. Yeah. So what does that tell us? It tells us that you can't expect to list your house and sell it in 10, 11, 12 days anymore. No. You, you need 24 days for people because there's so many opportunities on the market, people are shopping and they're taking their time. 100%. It's just like if I'm going to go buy a car, I'm not going to go walk on the BMW lot and just buy whatever. I'm going to go shop around. I'm going to look at Audi. I'm going to look at BMW. I'm going to look at all the options. Yeah. I'm going to price compare and I'm going to make a, an informed decision. Whereas you did not have time to make a decision. Okay. You you, you take uh, an extra couple breaths and the prices are up 50 grand yeah. right? over a month or two months. So people didn't have time to shop. Now you've got time to shop. That's why the days on market is is increasing and we're getting hit with another rate hike. We'll see if that adds another two, three, or four days onto that. Gotta edu-
1: you got to educate at that kitchen table um and again it's not it's by far is it not doom and gloom out there this is a very active market it's a very Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we're we're heading towards a very healthy market things are selling you gotta you 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 gotta put your best foot forward though and you gotta understand it's not february march We're, Mm -hmm. we're, we're it takes some time to sell right now and but the cream always rises to the top so it's all about that preparation all about those conversations initially that you have it's all about your realtor being your consultant and making sure that you're provided with the proper information so you can make proper decisions for yourself and your family. That's what it boils down to. And patience, a little bit of patience. Yeah. We, can, we all got an extra 24 days in us.
0: Yeah, some psychology in there as well. Like um, I'm finding that sellers are looking at the peak price, and when they're not getting the peak price, they feel like they miss out. Yeah. They feel like, all, like I would even feel this way, like, oh, I'm stupid. I should have sold then. I should have yeah. sold then. When in reality, I think you should be looking at what you bought it for, what it's worth now. And typically what you're going to find is you're up probably 10, 15% annualized over, you know, four or five years. You're up, you're way above, uh, an average increase in the housing market. Um, it's just not the peak, but you are still up significantly. And of course, if you're selling and going to buy, you're going to get the discount on the buy as well. So it's just like accepting the market and accepting how things have changed, changed and not trying to fight it or beat yourself up about it. Because uh, in a downward market, the longer you wait to sell uh, the the more you could theoretically cost yourself yeah. until we reach a balance which we don't know when that could be is it, going to be it could be six months, it could be twelve months, it could be eighteen months, it could be next week, I'm not sure, yeah. but uh, you know you're playing with fire a little bit, so
1: I think quarter one of twenty three we see some uh, balancing out there, and I think for the rest of the year it's going to be to be a little touch and go out there, but yeah. uh, you know, again, it's it's all about exercising that patience and uh, and setting the tone with with the sellers. Um, by no means uh, do we want to you know uh, sell them a fake uh, bill of sale, and and you just got to give them the cold hard facts, and then work with what you have. And 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 you know yeah. what, as as an agent in this market, got work. Uh, you got to work uh, harder, but you know, it's it's we we work hard in every market, but this one is just it's more phone calls, it's more follow-up it's more uh more
0: more all that stuff education more, yep, yep all that stuff watching the market like a hawk and paying yep. attention to the trends and i like what you said about q1 because there the announcements so far are a rate hike in september and another one in december um, so that's going to be you know another half to uh, three-quarter of a percent total in that time period and then after that let's hope that um they they slow down on the rate hikes I don't think they've announced anything beyond December. So if they if the market gets clarity and they say, "Hey, we're done raising rates. We've reached our yeah. our balanced rate where we're not uh, impacting the market one way or another. This is our neutral rate. Now the market can get back to some sort of normalcy." And it's hard to make a decision when you got a looming rate hikes ahead, whether you're a buyer yeah. or a seller, <laughs> right? It's it's just like, well, why would I buy now if they're going to raise rates again and the prices are going to go down? Yeah. So we need clarity. Hopefully, we get that. Once we get it, I think we reach balance and we still slowly start to, uh, you know. Maybe tick up a little bit. I think over so.
1: Yeah, yep. I think it'll it'll balance teeter and then and then and then uptick. Yeah, but that is a Scotty. That's an absolutely national league uh, market update right there. great Between the two of us, you did a fantastic job. You here. as well. Proud of you, man. Um, but the show's not done. We've got uh, you know in in whether you're buying or selling in this market in January, February, March, July, August, September. Even in December, if you're selling on Christmas and you're closing on Boxing Day, you need that insurance. No doubt, no
0: doubt. But the
1: question is, do you need house insurance? And I think we'll answer all of these questions and more when we bring them, boys from uh, Premium Insurance, on the show here. And uh, we're actually going to bring Dan on, and he's going to co-host uh, this segment with myself. And uh, so you can get out of here, and uh, then let's let's cut to it, and let's get to the boys from Premium Insurance, drop some knowledge. All right. All right, and as promised here, we got the boys from Premium Insurance. We got Nabil and Omar. Um, I always love to start out when we have people on. Uh, I mean, I know you got that nice office on Dougal. Uh, we've done some business together on the uh, insurance side and the personal side, of course. And how'd you guys end up where you're at right now? What's what's the story? How'd you end up in insurance? How'd you end up here? Why insurance? And, and why'd you open up your own uh, brokerage?
2: Well, I mean, uh me and Nabil, we actually worked at another brokerage for many years. Um, you know, when I was when I was younger, a lot of people when they get into this industry, they don't just wake up one day and they say, "Hey, we want to go and uh, pursue a career in insurance." But the funny thing about me actually is, I when you finish high school, I think you graduate from high school. You're 17, 18 years old when you graduate. I went to college for a few years, 19, 20. By the time I was 21 years old, which is you know considered a very young age. I was a licensed insurance broker by the time I was 21 years old. So, um, you know, you can say a few years later, by the time I was 27, I opened up, me and Nabil, we opened up our own brokerage. So it's something that basically, you know, um, it's something I knew that I wanted to do. Mm. And I'm a people's person. I enjoy dealing with people. And from a young age, like when I was 21 years old, very young, I decided to pursue this career. So I guess that's how I got into it. I enjoyed dealing with people and I enjoyed risk management. And it's a fun thing to do. Yeah, I
1: think we're in similar fields, right? Where you, you got to be a people person. I mean, by no means was I born and my parents were like, you know what? I hope he's a realtor one day. Yeah. I really <laughs> hope he's the same Same with yours, right? Oh man, right. I hope he's a great insurance uh, <laughs> broker one day. But you just land where you land, right? And then when right. you find kind of your your niche and you... Um, you, you kind of get good at it. You're like, oh, maybe I should water this a little bit more. So to get to your level of owning your own brokerage and, uh, and, and your own business, I mean, that's uh, that's that's impressive in its own. And I understand you guys are, are pretty busy right now, eh?
3: We are, yeah. You good. know, for a brokerage, we opened in uh, July of 2019 and the pandemic came around shortly after that. Um, we were still able to grow on average of like 30% a year. Um, it's got a lot to do with the fact that we are a brokerage that sells for a variety of companies yeah. which gives you companies gives you a variety of products that you can go ahead and cater to so when it comes to people buying investment properties like student rentals or multi-property units or commercial properties we have the market for it so it's obviously gotten us busy that we can pretty much accommodate anybody whether a realtor calls us last minute or a lawyer calls us we can go ahead and accommodate and make it happen so with good service comes yeah. you know good you guys are you
1: guys are an insurance broker so what's the difference between somebody that's at yeah. a at a specific brand of insurance and and you guys being being a brokerage what would you say the big difference on that so is So
2: truly what gives us the edge is the biggest thing as being a brokerage is like Nabil was saying is we get to touch a lot of markets right we sell for a lot of markets for example if you have an agent they might only sell for Allstate if he works at Allstate they would only sell for all state. It's one company. So they're okay. very limited, right? And as realtors, you guys know, um, a lot of your clients are going to be buying investment properties, complex, complex risks, and, and a lot of insurance companies are not going to touch those things, right? Uh, for example, I can use is knob and tube, right? You're going to have a mm. knob and tube wiring, you're going to have galvanized plumbing, things around those lines. A lot of insurance companies that only sell for one market, they're very limited. Now, as brokers, we can sell for multiple, multiple markets, which basically gives us a solution to every problem.
1: Well, let me touch on knob and tube there a little bit, and uh, and I, I bring you a deal. It's got you know knob and tube wiring. Of course, we want to um, disclose that, right? The last thing we want is something to happen and we didn't disclose that it was knob and tube because that's not going to be a good ending right. for for anybody, <laughs> to be honest. So I bring you a deal with uh, with knob and tube. What's that process look like for me as uh, as a realtor representing my buyer?
2: So. So with knob and tube, um, most, most insurance companies, what they're going to want is they're going to want an ESA certificate within, let's say, 30 days. And that's if the uh, knob and tube wiring is connected to mo- most insurance companies, right? This doesn't go across the whole board, but this will say, you know, as a rule for about 70 to 80% of the insurance companies out there. If you have knob and tube in the house, a lot of times they want you to remove it within 30 to 45 days. So they'll sell you an insurance policy and then they'll put a warranty on it uh, saying that, you know, you got to remove this within 35 to 40 days. And you got to bring us an ESA certificate to prove that it's been, you know, approved and safe. Um, A lot of the times if the knob and tube is connected to no major appliances and it's less than 10 percent of the home wiring, the insurance company might not require you to remove the knob and tube. They'll let you keep it, but it would have to go to a substandard company. And the okay. substandard company, really, what that is, is as you guys know, being in the real estate business, um, I can give you a good example, would be like a, a B lender. Right. Right.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Understood.
2: You
3: know, you, you guys as realtors um, also educate your clients, right? Yeah. Educate your buyers. So you got to tell your buyer if you're buying a home with knob and tube, understand that there's a cost to it. It's going to cost you more. So you'll find an insurance company that will say, yeah, we'll do it. You're going to pay a premium for that. Yeah. But knowing buy this home, but know that it's a future plan that you got to remove the knob and tube. Yeah. Higher These risk, things, higher, higher Correct, percent, 100%. You know what I mean? Especially right now for you guys, how it's a buyer's market. It's a... Time for you to negotiate on these type of things. And if it does have knob and tube, you know, you can try to like get a deal on the home or whatever the case is. Because there is a premium to it. And then for example, if we sell policies where a person says, okay, I'll buy the home and I'm gonna go ahead and renovate it, I'm gonna remove all the knob and tube, we can sell you a three-month term. So okay, for three months go and finish all this stuff, then we'll flip it over into a homeowner's policy or a rental property property, whatever you decide you want to do at that point. So There's a solution for everything, guaranteed. I mean, those are one of those things
1: where, you know, we run into these stuff. I mean, I know when we all show houses here, we look for the big seven. Roof, windows, uh, furnace, AC, wiring, plumbing, water in the basement. So we show houses to our buyers, Yes, new kitchen, this, that, the other. We're looking for those things that they can't good. see, and we're reporting that stuff back to them yeah. on the showing uh, proudly, right? Good, uh, because the kitchens, bathrooms, yes, they matter, but we can all see that, right? Correct. Yeah. Now, a lot of things that we run into, and and Dan's uh, Dan's joining us here today. Dan that uh, works for AW for you. He's uh, came from the insurance business actually, yeah. so he may pipe in here with some more harder questions, put you guys on the spot. No worries, yeah, let's no do worries. It. We're, we're But prepared. I mean, uh, if we're talking about knob and tube. You know I'm, I'm i'm a little too excited to talk about this one because i'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> versed in it myself but i love to get the insurance perspective on that, that uh, the good old kytec and it's not Ky just Tech. limited to kytec yeah. what's the what's the other brands that fall under the same uh, yeah. concern as kytec and just like knob and tube how do we deal with kytec
3: okay so i'll, I'll do you guys first of all do you guys there's a very easy way to tell if you walk into a home if it has kytec plumbing a lot of people can't figure that out. Sometimes it doesn't even have to say "KaiTech" on it. If you grab the pipe and you just bend it, if it pops back into place, okay, it's most likely gonna be KaiTech at that point. If it holds into spot, that means there's some sort of metal inside that tube that's gonna hold into spot that'll stay there, yeah. which means it's most likely not gonna be KaiTech. KaiTech always pops back. And the problem with KaiTech is the joints. When the two pipes connected, that joint would actually expand and it would burst and you would have water damage in your home. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a market for kitech. It's expensive. It's not cheap. There is a solution for it. Unfortunately, we know a lot of newer homes have kitech. I think they stopped manufacturing kitech in two thousand six. Yeah. So homes I think built from ninety eight to two thousand six in certain subdivisions in Windsor, we know they have kitech. It's 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 very obvious in there. Um, like I said, it's expensive. There's a solution to it. Um, but our biggest uh, struggle to it is that we have coverage. So. When you buy home insurance and you, you, you have a mortgage, the mortgage, all they care about is that you have fire insurance. They don't care if your home floods, they don't care if you have break-ins, they don't care about that. Their only concern is their financial gain, the bank. So if the house burns down, they want to make sure that they get paid. Yeah. So when you buy a home insurance policy that has tech plumbing, there's usually a deductible just on your water coverage of $25,000. So it's like you're not even getting coverage for it, essentially. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, again, you got to educate the clients. You're going to buy this. This is temporary. you got to take the plumbing out. you got to replace the is plumbing. Is that the
1: consensus with Kitech right now with insurance companies? Is that you 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 got to replace this?
3: Is that where we're no, at right now? You don't now? have to, you're, but I'm telling you, right. educate yeah. your client. Tell your client. You don't have to, but if you want to reduce your home, if this is your home for the next 20, 30 years, you're going to be paying at least 50 to 100% more for insurance on this property, depending on the value of it, mm-hmm. it, over the course of 20 years, you might as well replace it. You yep. might as well get rid of it. And if something happens, at least you have coverage because if a pipe bursts and you got $15,000, $20,000 in damages and your deductible is 25000 well, you're not putting a claim and you got to yeah. cough up 20 grand from your pocket. Yeah. It's unfortunate. I'm a 1350 square
1: foot raised ranch that presents myself over on Pearson in East yeah. Riverside and I got Kitec What's
3: my insurance looking like on that? No pool, no nothing. So a home on that based on 1350, like a raised ranch, finished basement, the replacement cost on that would probably be anywhere in the range of like 650,000 to about 850,000, okay, depending on the features. It has bathrooms and such. Yeah. Um, if you got one mortgage, good credit, and we have your car and home insurance, we can do it all. If it's Kytec, you're probably looking at closer to $3,000. If it's a regular home insurance policy, you can get it for about 1000 bucks. sometimes. There you go. Yeah,
2: you're I mean, literally maybe the, half, maybe $1,500. Yeah. So, know and I've, always, I mean?
1: and I've yeah. always explained Kytec as uh, to replace it. Yeah. Bigger house, bigger roof, right? Correct. It's yeah. about the same cost as replacing a roof. Right? Uh, yeah. Um, that's how I've always looked at it. Yeah. I mean, the biggest cost to the Kitec is, listen, if you're a ranch, it's going to be less because Correct. you're not going up the walls or anything like that. Correct. If your basement's unfinished, it's actually quite, we uh, will use the word cheap loosely, but Correct. it's actually feasible to, to, to replace it and quite easy for a plumber to do.
2: Yeah. And you know, Paul, if you don't want to pay $3,000, $3,500 <laughs> a year for home insurance because you have Kitec, well, as it was mentioned before. A solution to that is to go ahead, buy a three-month policy, buy a four-month policy, if you already have the intentions to remove this, obviously. So if you have the intentions to remove the Kaitech, you can go ahead, buy a three, four months policy from us. Once you remove the Kaitech, we can remove you and switch you over to a different company that's going to you know, give you that price for 1000 yeah. or $1,500. So there's definitely solutions if you're willing to go ahead and change it. Yeah. There's definitely solutions. Hey, and if you're willing to keep it and you don't want to change it, then there's solutions for that, too. You just got to pay He's the premium pay for, for it. it. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. just got to pay for it. Kind it's of that dialogue
1: open, though, with your realtor and 100%. your insurance broker, and, and everybody needs to know what's going on, so, so the insurance brokers can present you with the options and do a cost-benefit analysis on them, right? Yeah, like, right. I mean, three years later, it's it's an extra six grand. Well, Correct. That, that replaces it right there pretty Correct. much, right? I'm right. sure you
4: can get that replaced for that. Yeah. So one thing I want to touch on that a lot of people don't know is uh, what are the factors that affect your premium for the insurance? Because a lot of people just don't know.
2: Right. So a lot of things that are going to affect your factor for, for insurance, they're going to affect the price. Um, one of them could be your age, uh, could be you know, your postal code, which area you reside in. Uh, like I said, your age plays a role. Another big one, believe it or not, for home insurance, property insurance is your credit score. If you have a good credit score, most insurance companies are going to you know, recognize that and they're going to give you a very, very good rate due to your credit score. Um, Another thing people would look at, you know, if you want to talk auto insurance, for example, we can talk about age. Uh, You know, drivers over 25 are more likely to get less premium, pay a less premium than drivers that are under 25 years old, or G2 drivers, for example. And then, you know, going to the homes, um, if you've been a homeowner for 25 years that's going to help you reduce your rate, you know that you've been you 've had a home before you 've been a homeowner for a long time hey if you 're mortgage free you 're going to get a discount for that too so all these things they 're looked at uh, as far as when it comes to pricing on insurance so a lot of things to look at you know you 're going to look at the age you 're going to look at the the credit score possibly you 're going to look at if if they're mortgaged if it's two mortgages on the property if it 's one if it 's none so a lot of these things are going to play a factor now again uh, touch even more on that, you're going to have the size of the home, right? So again, hey, you're buying a bigger home, you're going to pay more in insurance. You're buying a smaller home, you're most likely going to pay less in insurance. uh, Age of the home. So sometimes, you know, you figure, hey, I'm buying a smaller home but I'm going I should be paying less for insurance. Well, that's not always the case because you could be buying a home, you know, that was built in 1920, 1910, it's over 100 years old. So the insurance company is going to recognize that this is an older home and from that point, you know, they're going to take their risk management, and they're going to see what is this what's the chances of something going wrong with this house, right? So all those things they 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 take a huge part when it comes you, to pricing. Do you have to have home insurance? Well, if you have a mortgage, yeah. you do. If you have a mortgage, you do because your mortgage company wants to guarantee their money in case there's a loss. More importantly, a fire from what I understand. More more importantly, a fire. You know, honestly, more importantly in Windsor, and this is aside from the mortgage, right? But just being in Windsor hey, I'd rather sell you, I, we're, we're always going to sell you fire insurance because the actual standard clause in a, in a homeowner's policy is fire insurance. That's the standard thing. So everything else is additional coverages, but your standard coverage is fire insurance when you buy a homeowner's policy. In Windsor, if I could, <laughs> I'd, I, I, would, and I always tell people this, right? I say what's more important in Windsor is not even a fire. Even though fires do happen, there are unlikely to happen compared to a sewer backup claim. Sewer backup is your biggest worry in Windsor when it comes down to home insurance. That's the number one thing that we see come through the door is sewer backup claims, definitely.
4: Mm. Mm. And so uh, finding coverage for sewer backup in Windsor, because there's a lot of floodplains, if you're closer to the water, you're a higher risk and everything. What are some ways that people can alleviate that risk or find better coverage for it? Um, do the insurance companies offer different limits of coverage, or do they just not offer it at all? Or
3: So d- depending on the postal code, that, that's what plays the biggest factor, okay? So some, some postal codes will get some of our carriers that simply say, no water coverage, like this gentleman right. doesn't get any water coverage, and then you throw in another postal code and it tells you this guy gets unlimited water coverage. And then you have companies that obviously have a cap. Well, they'll cap you at 10,000, 20, 30, 40, et cetera. Right. Now, to get these to get increased, to get better coverage, there's something that the homeowner can do. Um, having a sump pump and having a backwater valve. Mm. Those two things will help a lot to get you better coverage on your home insurance. Um, other than those two things, and then the history of the home, if it's been flooded or not, there's really nothing else that that client can do to get himself to have better coverage. There's right. some insurance companies are just simply set, it's a filed rule. This is how much this postal code is getting and that's it. I don't care if he's got five sump pumps in there, that's all he's gonna get is this, mm-hmm. this amount of money. So yeah, there is limits, there is uh, a little bit of ways around it, but other than a sump pump and a backwater valve, there's not much more that you could do. But, and those two things make a huge factor. Yeah. When we have uh, rainfalls that happen and a lot of claims are coming through, it's the homes that don't have these things. Right. That's why they're being flooded. Okay. Right. So and uh, not just a regular sump pump some sort of generator that if the power goes out the right. sump ba- pump liberty, is working liberty
1: water backup
3: or the Correct. Wash or dog a, a battery or, or something you know. or generator on it so that you know when when it rains lightning strikes, your power goes out, your sump pump's not working. Right, So it's kind of pointless, right? right? You right. gotta have something it to operate while the Which power goes out. Which should be like
1: code where that, sh- that should be separate from, but I mean, I'm not gonna get into Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a different podcast. But uh, we've got a little bit of a live audience here today. So we've got some questions coming in from them. Um, so Chantel wants to know, what's the difference, or sorry, when should people start shopping for home insurance? So we're out there, we're looking for a house. We, we, we've got the buyer. When should the home insurance process start? I would think when you know what the house is.
2: So, yeah, the minute you decide which house you want to go with. So you've been shopping and, you know, you've been looking at multiple homes, I assume, you know. You guys are realtors. You know you must take your clients around to look at multiple sure. homes before they make a decision. That's part of the business. Once your client decides that this is the home that they want, um, I'd say the minute an offer goes in, really. The yeah. minute an offer goes in, it's submitted uh, it doesn't even have to be an accepted offer. But this get, will give you an idea, basically, uh, if it's feasible. You know, if this yeah. is going to work into your budget. Can you know what, I do in, this or
1: in, not? In, in oh, so I've been doing this since yeah. about 07. So 07, 08, 09, 10, 11, 12, all those years, there was three clauses in every offer. Inspection, insurance, sorry, inspection, um, financing, and insurance. Right. That, I could copy and paste every single every single one of my offers yeah. had those conditions. So I think we can probably um, expect that to come back. Now, again, if you educate your buyer and then you say, listen, one, right. one, one condition is the same as having 100 conditions, um, that insurance condition may not make it in there, but it's still hidden in there somewhere, and then that's the time that once you get an accepted you, you, offer to start shopping it around. You
2: know, if you have a good broker yep. and you deal with a good brokerage, like ourselves, <laughs> um, you don't even need to put that in the, the, as one of the conditions right. because... By the time you figure out the other conditions, we're going to have maybe a 24-hour turnaround, you know, most likely less. If if it's a simple property, you know, it's home and auto, just a homeowner's policy. It's not, you know, student rental with 12 students living in there. It's something simple. We're going to be less than 24 hours to respond to you. So you're going to have a very good idea of what you're paying um, the minute you give us a call. The minute yep. you give us a call within the same 10 minutes or the same hour, but whatever it is, it's the same day, you're going to know exactly what you're now, Let planning. me ask so, you a
1: question as a, as, as a realtor, right? And again, I have these, these calls are starting to come back to me where I get a call from the insurance person or the other realtor reaches out to me, says, listen, insurance company called, they want to know the amperage, this, this, that, the other. Why are the insurance people not going to the houses and finding that out themselves and, and, and relying on us to provide that information.
3: So when you call us yep. and you're calling for a quote, okay, and the home is 50, 60 years old, so we don't know what it is in there. It's, it's an older home, I don't know when it's been replaced. Yeah. Um, for me to go out there and take a look at the property when you haven't even bought insurance from it, you're not even my client, I'm just giving you an estimate it's not gonna happen or I'm gonna go and take a look at the property. Right. But what we do at premium insurance, we make it really easy. And we work with the realtor. We say, just, just go and take pictures. Mm-hmm. Just take pictures, send it to me, and I'll tell you what's in there. If you can't figure it out, I'll figure it out for you. Or I'll tell you where to go look. It's, 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 not, it's not rocket science. And I always say, like, I always get confused when a buyer comes to me, he doesn't know these things. It's like, this is, this is your home. Like, yeah. you know, it's probably the biggest investment that you do in your life. You should know how old the roof is and what kind of furnace you got in there. Right. It's important and all these type of things. And lately because how the market changed where people don't get home inspections anymore. Yeah. It's like, you know, see a home, put an offer, no yeah. conditions, get it going. That's, it affected our industry a lot where customers didn't know what they had. Right. They honestly had no clue. Well, that's another question that we had uh, from Chantel was, do you, do you need a home inspection to, to get home insurance? So we don't. So especially if a home is like within like 20, 25, even 40 years old, we definitely don't. Okay, yeah. um, If we do need an inspection, we will be the ones to order the inspection. After you commit with us, you agree to a price, we then call you up and say, hey, we're going to come out and do an inspection on your home. We take a look at it. If something changes in the underwriting where the plumbing is different, the age of the room, the, the house, or the square footage, we do an adjustment to the policy right. and we get back to you on that. But going back to when you said the best time to shop, you know, you said something earlier. Um, buyers nowadays look at their monthly cost, yep. their monthly budget. So sometimes you might be looking at a 1940 home and you say, yeah, it's an older home. The value is not going to be that high. Insurance won't be too too bad. You'll call us and I tell you, it's gonna be high. Why? It's a heritage home. Right. so an older home. This is not a $1,000 policy anymore. Just because it's a heritage home, it's a $2,000 policy. So it changes your monthly budget. Yeah. And I've always said this to my clients. I can say I'm gonna reduce your price, but I can guarantee you every year I'm increasing your price on your home insurance. Yeah. There's nothing I can do about it. And that's generally because the cost of construction goes up every year. Sure. So the value of the home goes up insurance company has to cough up more money if something happens so the the premium is going to go up.
2: And you get coverage for that too. So it's not, the premium is not going up because it's just going up as a rate increase. We're giving you coverage. There's coverage going in with that. So if they, you know, estimate a 3% inflation on the cost of rebuild, then that 3% is actually going to go towards the total cost of rebuilding your home. So you pay more money, but in return, you get more coverages. Absolutely. So that
4: brings a a question because a lot of people, they don't understand what the insurance even is. They just see a price and a company name, right? Right. So what are the... Uh, components of an insurance policy. You mentioned rebuilding costs. What are the other limits and coverages down there? Like, what do they see on their declaration?
2: Page? So, when it comes to property insurance, great, so, so great. That. great asked asked the question. The declaration page. Yeah, it's a declaration yeah. page. So, when you I know what that page looks like too. I'm like, oh, that, that's what it's called. Okay. <laughs> okay. The policy itself, when people look at it, there's the obvious, there's the stated obvious. There's the expiration date, there's the start date, there's the name insured, the person that actually owns the policy, there's the home address, all that stuff, yeah, sure, you want to quickly look through it to make sure that everything on those documents is printed correctly. But when you go through and you're looking for those coverages, okay, a lot of the times now those homes, um, what, what we do is what, when we're going to insure those homes, we put them through an evaluator. Okay, so we have an evaluator system, and it'll give us an evaluation of that home, what the cost of rebuild is. Now, our, evalu- our evaluator does not give us the market price of the home. It gives us the rebuild cost of the home.
4: Actually, that's a good one. What's the difference between rebuilding cost of the home and the market value? Because back in my insurance days, right. people would always be like, I didn't buy the house for that much. Right. I'll give you a perfect so.
2: example. You go to Toronto, okay? You go to Toronto, and you, know, you got a home that's $3.5 million, for example— Over here, that same home is seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. The land is expensive. Right, right, exactly. Now you already own the land. Yeah. So the cost of rebuilding that home in Toronto, that same square footage, will still cost you more than rebuilding in Windsor, but it's not going to cost you the three point five million dollars that you know that's the market value. So that's really the biggest difference: is you got market value, is what people are willing to pay for a home, and the cost of rebuild, what what construction companies are requesting to rebuild these homes. Yeah. You know, based on square footage, based on number of bathrooms, based on how upgraded your home is. You know, do you have nice granite or do you have you know, normal uh, flooring or yeah. whatever it is, right? Yeah. The land's the land, right? The if land is the land. Down, yeah. still burn it burns down, still burning nice. down on that yeah. land. Yeah, the square footage still, uh, is the square footage. footage. So yep. the cost exactly. of you know building.
3: Dan, what you were saying, five years ago, yeah. when I would give a quote to a guy, I'd show him his building costs you know, 450,000. He'd say, I didn't pay 450, I paid only 300,000. Now, now, when I do it, I'll show building cost five hundred thousand. The guy say I paid six fifty. Yeah, it's right. changed so much. Yeah, the industry's changed so much. Right. And with insurance companies, we can actually still leave it at the five hundred thousand because we know how much it costs to rebuild a home. You right. paid a premium for that home, and you also paid for the land. Yeah. So, absolutely. Yeah,
2: yeah. Absolutely. And to touch what you were saying, Dan, about what to look on for yeah. coverages, right? So you got, you know, the basic stuff that everybody can read. But the number one thing that I say you'd really want to look forward uh, to looking at is your water coverages. Your water coverages are super important, especially if you live in Windsor. If you live in Windsor, if you live anywhere, right, it's uh, I think the number one cause of disaster right now is water damage. And that goes across, you know, North America. So that's the number one thing a lot of people need to look at is their water coverages. That's what I would always recommend, and that's what I always say is, hey, make sure you're getting the right sewer backup coverage. Make sure you have overland water. Make sure you have these things in place.
1: Yeah, that's good, that's
2: good point. Yeah, for sure. That's good point.
1: Guys, being respectful of time here, um, one, any last words? And two, uh, to piggyback off that, how can everybody get a hold of you guys if
2: they're looking for insurance themselves? So – if they want to give us a call, you can give us a call right away, right to our office. We're premium insurance brokers. You can find us online. Um, we're an award-winning brokerage, right? We won the community votes. We've actually only been open since 2019. We have many years of experience in the industry, but we've only been open since 2019. Uh, shortly after that, we faced COVID as well. So in that meantime, we still were able to grow very fast. People like to deal with us. Uh, the fastest way to find us is, uh, you know, go find us online. Premium insurance brokers, Google us. We're right on Google, 3063 Google. Uh, we have a nice location, and, and basically, you know, we're good at what we do. We're very good that, at what we do. They're very
1: responsive, and they'll yeah. get back to you yeah. very, very, very quick as, uh, as, as they should, right?
3: We're a one-stop shop. Like, you can come in, and you can buy your home insurance, commercial. your car, your commercial, your life insurance, your travel insurance, your pet insurance. You can buy it all. So we sell <laughs> it all. We can cater to everybody. Um, and we make things happen. Honestly, yeah, like we're, nice. we're we're really blessed uh, at what we've been able to accomplish and what we've been able to do. Um, and we work well with realtors. We work well with lawyers. Um, We'll make things happen, especially
1: those challenging uh, those challenging cases, right? You guys take them head on and uh, and and just figure out a way and present options to everybody. Uh, right.
2: Well, we we like I said, we are award winning. We've won four awards in less than three years, so nice. Nice. <laughs> I think yeah, we know how to face those challenges. Well, hey, we do good at it.
1: Congrats on all your success. Appreciate and, it. Uh, Thank you for having to us. Continue to work with you guys, and uh, thanks for coming out. You brought some goodies for us here today too. Mm, no and problem. Uh, Thank you. I got a full belly and, uh, and about four thousand coffees to me. I'm ready to rock for the day. That's good for sure. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. But,
2: um, when you're looking at a home policy, the number one thing that you're, well, not the number one thing, but what you really want to look at, you want to look at a lot of things, right? Um, the policy itself, when people look at it, there's the obvious. There's a stated off.